Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to LA Kings Road Talk Radio. Cahill, a.k.a. Hip Check, and we're going to break down tonight's catastrophe uh, as the Kings. Just a pathetic, lethargic performance, losing five to nothing. All the momentum on their side, and uh, we're going to break it all down. Uh, I said right at the beginning of the game that I uh, just questioned uh, the decision-making, as is about 95% of social media tonight. Uh, but we will break it down in depth in far less than uh, 180 characters or whatnot. Joining me right now, we have Mr. Jeff Duarte, NHL editor of Cali Sports News. Hey, Jeff, how are you, buddy? Oh, oh, oh hip check. Oh, oh, how am I? How am I? <laughs> I have been smacking my head against the wall repeatedly for the last three hours, and I'm not even close to being done. I have no idea what got in the head of Coach John Stevens, and I hope it's not because of the dad's trip, because if it is, then I want to call it hashtag dad's trip gate, because this is a scandal, because no coach in their right mind will make not one, not two, not three, but four roster changes to the lineup after his team two nights before. Two, two nights before, played its most perfect game in the season, a perfect 60-minute performance, a 3 nothing victory, only to take on a team where, in recent times, the Kings have struggled tremendously against, that goaltender Jonathan Quick has struggled tremendously against. 
for example, before this game, Quick was 5-9-2 with a 2.86 goals against average and an 8.90 save percentage against Nashville. And that's before this game. Plus, he's coming off an injury. And the other three guys are all coming off an injury, coming into this game, replacing players that were part of that perfect performance. Only a coach that would be insane would make that move. Now I am questioning Coach Stevens' sanity, hip check. But how are you, sir? <laughs> well, you took the words from my mouth, dude. I, I, I am just about as aghast as you are because, really, uh, you know, all I could really say is, once again, uh, he, he, the Kings had actually finally gotten some momentum, finally had a, bit, a little bit of wind uh, beneath the sails, wind beneath the wings, and uh, the NHL was starting to talk to him about him again. And once again, he goes back and once again plays the players that were non-factors when the Kings lost six in a row. So, Jeff, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm baffled. I'm befuddled. I, it's, it's a bizarro move. It is. He defied every sports axiom, and he got the results of why that is a sports axiom. You do not change oh, roster players. You're coming off a dominant performance. Really, uh, we typically don't like to uh, to go body uh, and drop some F-bombs on the show, even though it happens occasionally. But really, I have no clue what, what Stevens was thinking. And uh, I'll get into a little bit of uh, that in just a bit. But let me go ahead and bring on our uh, next guest here. You probably know him as, oh, the most lovable guy at Staples. We know him as the L.A. Kings super, flan, uh, super fan. He is none other than Augie Loya. Hey, Augie, how you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm feeling like a flan tonight because uh, I'm feeling like I got served flan. Like the Kings just got served by the Predators tonight. Uh, yeah, I'm not uh, – yeah, that was just uh, that was just a horror show, and uh, I, I totally get the idea about tinkering with the roster. But when you look at the two key things that happened tonight, uh, Clifford's really, for lack of a better term, I love Cliffy, but that was a dumb penalty for him to take, it, completely unnecessary. And then Dowdy with his with his brain fart, uh, sending the puck out of the uh, sending the puck up into the stands. Uh, this game was really a tale of. Uh, I mean, the first two, uh, the first two goals, I believe, were power play goals, if I'm not mistaken. At least I know two out of the three were. But it, this was actually a, all, a all night the first just, three goals were just, all of them. Yeah, yeah, just to give you the heads up, to Augie, all the first goals, all of them were, I believe, power plays or nearing it or something there. But go That's ahead, true. my friend. Yeah, you're right. They, they were yes, they were all power play goals. I'm just, I'm sorry. I I feel like I got punched in the jaw, so I should be in the concussion <laughs> protocol after watching that game. Because that's what it feels like. Because. But uh, but yeah, I mean, when you when you put when you put your goalie at a disadvantage like that, and you're already having trouble scoring goals, and you've got Pekarene across the ice, that's no way to start. And and Clifford knows better. He's a veteran on the team. And for lack of a better term, the three guys that got put in there tonight, uh, uh, the hip check's favorite Nick Shore, my favorite Nick uh, Forbert. And uh, the only thing missing was Jordan Nolan being out there. And that really would have been fantastic. Thank God. <laughs> Thank the hockey God. That, that, would have been been the that would have been the topper of toppers right there. But uh, with Shore Forward and Gabrick out there, none of those three did anything wrong tonight. It wasn't their fault that the Kings got smoked. Uh, and we had no puck luck either. I mean, Dowdy puts one off of the post, sends one off of Rene's shoulder that beat, that beat him. And, uh, it just was one of those nights where 
bad mistakes by guys that should know better. Dowdy and Clifford. I mean, that there was just it was just a perfect shitstorm, is what it was. Yeah, yeah. And you know what, I, I really, I, I am agreeing. I will agree with you that the the three players that were in there, you know, weren't directly responsible really for anything per se. And I agree with you there. However, I think we would be remiss if we were to overlook just the fact of once again. Having chemistry, it's an intangible. You know what I mean? And and Augie, you yes. play you play amateur hockey. I played amateur hockey. You know, Jeff played back in the day. And once again, there's just no, there's no you can't there's you can't quantify it. It's completely an intangible. So you can say, yeah, but what, but, 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 which I get for you. But let me just give you a little example, Augie. Back uh, in my hockey playing days. Uh, one game I was a little late for the game or whatnot. Something happened. Anyways, for, for shits and giggles, I was in a rush. I stopped by a little donut shop. I got an iced coffee on the way to the game. Thought I needed a little pick-me-up. Had my best game that mm-hmm. I played forever. You know, and I just had a good game. So you can bet your ass the next five games I stopped at that same donut shop and I got that same iced coffee. You know what I mean? And, and, and I was mm-hmm. still playing well kind of got sick of iced coffee. I was kind of hoping that I'd have a shitty game just so I wouldn't have to give this uh, this old man $3 for an iced coffee that I didn't particularly want. <laughs> but the results spoke for themselves. And even give you another example. I used to hang out at a little bar there in Huntington Beach that was uh, pretty popular. And once again, I went there a couple times in a row. And uh, once again, in those days, I was drinking uh, gin and tonic was my my drink of choice, okay? And so went there, ordered a Bombay Sapphire gin and tonic. Next thing I know, a fairly attractive woman sits next to me. We strike up a little conversation. Once again, it's a good night for, for the hitman. So next time I go there, I'm sure as hell not going to order a Bud Light, you know what I mean? And so it's a sports truism. That once again, even though it wasn't Gabrick's fault, you just don't change with it. And really, here's, here's, here's at the end of the day, and I want to get into John Quick in just a minute and just the, some of the stats of the breakdown here, but I think there's no – you can't put a price tag on youthful energy and hunger. And I think that Amadio and Brodzinski and Ledoux in minuted limits had a hunger and had a drive – as young players wanting to make a statement and wanting to give their all. And I'm sorry, I just don't think you're ever going to get that again from Marion and Gabrick. I don't think we ever got it from Nick Shore. And as much as he's my whipping boy, I don't think that's an unfair, uh, you know, unfair uh, observation. And then let's be honest, uh, Jeff, you can even back me up on this. When we talked uh, Tuesday night after the big win against the Stars, did I not say that any player on the Kings defense that night, clearly they had all played. There's no, apart from the big three of Dowdy Martinez and uh, Muzzin, really, for those bottom three that we're talking about we shuffle in, is there any one of those guys that is clearly subpar to Derek Forbert? Really, when you look at Kevin Gravel, do you look at him and go, well, he's no Derek Forbert. <laughs> Can you say that about 
any of the non-top three players, and I'll go ahead and let that be our next line of discussion. We'll throw it with you, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, like we said the other night, um, I like Derek Forbert. I got nothing against Derek Forbert. I'd have no agenda against Derek Forbert. I know Augie <laughs> does, or Nick Shore for that matter. My enemy is John. He plays for the Sabres, kind of, sort of plays. But, uh, you know, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. And we talked about this because it wasn't just a Kings victory against Dallas. It was a perfect 60-minute victory. And I have no doubt chemistry had a lot to do with that. Everybody was doing their job. Everybody defensively was doing their job. Gravel doing his job. Ledoux was doing his job. Scored his first ever NHL goal. Brodzinski and Mario, they were all doing their job. There was no reason to tinker with it. And as I mentioned, if it is, and I'm saying that that's the reason, but if it is because of the dad's trip, that's that's completely insane and just stupid because you had the best game that the team has played all season. We always say every episode, we need that 60-minute performance. 60-minute performance, and we finally got it. Why would you take the risk, especially against a team like Nashville? Hello, they were the Stanley Cup finalists. They took Pittsburgh to six games, okay? And the Kings don't even play that well against them to begin with in the last three or four years. Um, why take that risk? But he doesn't make – Stephen doesn't make one change. He makes four changes. So if he made one change, okay, fair enough. If the Kings had lost 3 nothing against Dallas, then okay, all the power to you. Make all the changes you need until you find that balance. But to go back to the lineup that, you know, pretty much – was the lineup for the six-game losing streak, that is not a winning formula. And to me, that's not a, a sound hockey decision. You cannot let sentimentality get in the way of strong hockey strategy. The Kings don't have 20 points of a cushion in the standings where they can, you know, please the dads and, and let them watch their sons play at least one game. If that is the case, if that's not the case, then, then, then Stevens, then I lost all faith in Stevens because there has to be an excuse for him doing this. Cause I don't get what the logic is behind it, but if it ain't broken, you don't fix it. Ledoux had a fantastic game. There was no need for him to go out and put Forbert in. All right. Uh, there was no need to put quick in and all these four guys who came in, Gabrick, Shore, uh, Derek Forbert and Jonathan Quick are all coming off injuries, all right? Shore hasn't scored since January 13th. Before that, I believe, was November 7th. Uh, Gabrick hasn't scored since December 30th against Vancouver. And you know what? And Augie, Augie actually made a really good point, too, that, you know, it's not all on the roster change or the players that came in. Like, you can't really blame Gabrick for losing this game or anything like that, and that's fair enough. And Because we do need to see guys like Tyler to fully step up. He hasn't scored since January 6th. A uh, ironic, ironically, sorry guys, it was against Nashville in the previous time that they played against them. You know, Dustin Brown had an amazing game on Tuesday against Dallas, and he's hustling out there. It's not for a lack of effort, but he hasn't put the puck in the net since January 2nd, and he, I think he scored twice against Edmonton. So there's some major problems with this team. Why take the risk against Nashville? If you don't have to make a roster change and everything was great the game before, keep it the same to me. That's just... That's just yeah, common yeah. sense when it comes to coaching. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. 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 No, it's 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 a basic truism. It's a it's a truism in all sports. That's what's funny. I mean, it's a basic coaching 101 that transcends sport. It transcends level. You know, you uh, you're talking about the best players in the world in the NHL. When I was coaching my kids' roller hockey team, not that I had a choice because it was a rec league with eight-year-olds, but if I had given the choice and had to scratch a kid, 
Uh, no, the fact is, though, yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, it's, it's just a sports tourism. Uh, Augie, go ahead. I know me and Jeff are kind of uh, monopolizing our time here, but uh, re- really, Augie, I mean, when you, when you just look at it, uh, it, once again, nothing against those players per se, but I, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't know if there's ever been a coach that made that many changes coming off, once again, what Jeff said was, in essence, almost a perfect game. Well, Quick was going to go tonight no matter what. I mean, if he was healthy, he was going. Uh, he didn't start against Dallas because he had to serve the suspension for missing the All-Star game. And Quick is your starter, and he, they gave him this time to rest and recharge the batteries because that, that's your starter. As for the other three guys, otherwise known as the L.A. Kings hired gun trio that was out there today. <laughs> uh, hashtag? Really, uh, it's, yeah, hashtag hired gun trio. Uh, we really don't don't quite know the reasons behind it. For all we know, maybe maybe the younger kids were were bumped up. Maybe maybe they were kind of bruised up. I don't know. It's it's really the only guy. The only the only people that know are the players and the coaching staff, and that's really it. Uh, as far as if uh, if it was a whole thing about this is the dad's trip and you wanted to have all three of them out there. Uh, yeah, I I hope that wasn't the case because I'd hate to have uh, outside circumstances dictate uh, roster decisions and and matchup choices. But I uh, yeah, I mean that that's pretty much all I've got to say uh, say about that because I mean you guys have, have pointed it out and if that is the case, then yeah, that was that was not what I call a good decision. And even then. Remember, John Stevens is the head coach, but he still has a vice president to answer to and a general manager to answer to as well, and as well as his coaching staff. So everybody makes suggestions, and the decision makers make decisions, and even John Stevens has people to answer to. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any uh, quotes that come out about it uh, out of the post-game interviews done by the uh, media and see what happens in regards to that. But as far as what happened on the ice today, if I may just go down that road, the defense was horrible. I, I, it really was. Everybody looked like they were a year short of what the speed that Nashville was moving at. And I don't know if uh, I don't know if the boys went out and partied last night. Uh, I'm not sure, but they sure played. They they sure played with a bit of a hockey hangover, uh, a little bit of the Vegas flu, otherwise known as the uh, as the Nashville virus as well. Uh, tends to make its way there too, so uh, that uh, that also could have played, played a role in this as well. So I don't know, guys. We'll just have gotcha. to. We just got to wait and see. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, Augie, let me offer a rebuttal. First off, uh, when do. referencing the hired gun trio, there's there's a huge difference. We actually perform. And we actually deliver. <laughs> there you go, buddy. There's, uh, there's your plug. Nice. Hashtag Iron Gun Trio. Never going to let you down. I don't care if we're paying a little Joshua Goldberg's bar mitzvah. Or, uh, you know, uh, you know, Carlita Garcia's quinceanera. We deliver every time. Put up the, put up the 200 bucks it takes off us, and we deliver, damn it. <laughs> hey. That that said, all, all that said, a couple things though. When and you're you're absolutely right. I mean, the defense was not there at all. I mean, Quick did face 36 shots. Rene only faced 19. That said, uh, really, uh, when we look at when we look at Quick's past performance, 
And, and, and as Jeff said, too, uh, before the game, Quick was 5-9-2 uh, against Nashville, uh, .890 save percentage. Tonight uh, puts up a .861 save percentage, now 5-10-2. But once again, the, the thing here is that Kemper – once again, he's off a shutout against not a, a not too shabby a team that had more points than the Kings in the standing. But also too, when you look at Nashville, he's three one and one against Nashville. You you don't you don't willingly go into a game that knowing that Quick does not play well against Nashville. If you ignore that stat, you're failing as a coach. You have to. There's got to be some type of statistics guy that is going to give him that information where Quick does not play well against Nashville. And Kemper, once again, off of a shutout, 3-1-1. and I mean, we could beat this horse into the ground seven times till Sunday, but the fact of the matter is this was a game where the statistics and everything showed with that roster they were going to lose. And indeed they did. And so that's, that's really uh, my, my main beef with that decision. For the record... Quick against Arizona, who the Kings are playing at home on Saturday, 18-17-4. Once again, he's at least 500 against Arizona. Arizona is one of the shittiest teams in the league. So there was just no reason that Quick A should have started given that record. I mean, the stats clearly favored Kemper being a starter, especially coming off uh, of, of that big uh, that big shutout. And so uh, – that that whole thing once again just it, it really was a baffling decision and really the stats worked against Stevens and once again if it was a dad's move you know if it was a dad's move indeed who made that call you know that's the million dollar question and once again I re- I love the fact that the Kings are trying to build a family you know family unit where even the dads are kings and everyone gets to play a role I think it's awesome but once again. If this was not Stevens' call, but a higher-ups call, then once again somebody somebody shit the bed. I just don't know if there's any way any way you can spit it other than, other than that. So, uh, Jeff, Augie, uh, any any reaction before I go ahead and get to Jerry in Ohio? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, can we talk about what we're doing this weekend instead of the rest of the game? Because I'm just getting angrier and angrier <laughs> as I think about this. Because now I'm thinking this is a grand conspiracy over a hashtag a dad's trip date. Because this is a complete scandal here. Because maybe it, it isn't Stevens' fault. Maybe it is coming from up above. Maybe it's Philip Anschutz himself. Maybe he should be the toilet flush of the game. Whoever, whoever made that call, please come out and just admit that you did it. So we can put the toilet flush next to your name because seriously you deserve it because this was a complete dumpster fire shit show because of that decision if it is that decision of course allegedly <laughs> well i can, All right, no, I I can tell you go ahead buddy yeah no, no worries uh well i can tell you that uh the uh, tradition of making sure that everybody plays and that everybody's dad gets to see their son son play was started off with a suggestion by former Los Angeles King number 71, Jordan Nolan. So it was Jordan Nolan's idea that all the players get to play. He is still haunting us. (laughs) Okay, Okay, now, just one quick thing about – 
Oh, sorry. One quick yeah. thing about Jonathan Quick, though. I mean, like, as you mentioned, Hip, he had a 861 save percentage in this game, but this is after making 31 saves. I mean, there, like, it, it really could have been a 10 nothing game. There were some saves where Jonathan Quick was completely defying gravity, but uh, still, 31 saves and 861 save percentage is just so baffling, putting those two numbers together. And I remember the second and third goal, uh, both of them, possibly could not have been goals if Quick was just able to track and catch that puck and cover it, which he was trying to do. The attempt was there. Puck was bouncing. Whatever was happening, it was pure chaos. Again, maybe we should play the Benny Hill theme song for, for those few plays. But Quick was trying to cover the puck, and if he was able to get the glove on it, the play would have been dead, and the game still would have been at least one nothing up to that point. But both the second and the third goals, of course, got away from Quick, up to an open man from Nashville and into the net. It was just... Uh, it's just one of those games, and that tends to happen when they play against Nashville. It's just like the supernatural happens, and you can't catch that puck. You can't, like, you, you, you're you creating turnovers. I don't know what was with Dowdy and other uh, teams defensemen with the soft clearances, like soft. Guys, the, the Nashville Predators have one of the best forechecks in the NHL to the point where it's just a pure blitzkrieg. You guys got to shoot that puck off the boards and get it out of your defensive zone. Yet Dowdy was sleeping when he gave away the puck. And it, it wasn't just him, but so many chances that the defense or the forwards back checking can clear the puck, but there's no mustard behind the clearance. It's just, a, it, they might as well get get an assist for passing to the Nashville player for scoring that goal. And that was happening as well. And you can't blame Jonathan Quick for that because already he's at a disadvantage uh, with the turnover. But, yeah, Quick is not sharp. He hasn't been sharp in some time. It would have been better if he played against Arizona, let Kemper have this game because of historically Quick's not very good against the Nashville Predators. And today proved that as well, too. This was a complete... Like the complete team messed up today. Wasn't just John the Quick. Wasn't just Drew Doughty. Wasn't just Kyle Clifford. Everybody messed up. But uh, yeah, you got to grab that puck. You got to cover it. And then you clear the zone. Put everything behind it because you're not playing like you're desperate or like you want to win. You're just playing like you just don't care. Clear that puck, and it could have been one nothing going to the second. Could have been a completely different game. Indeed, indeed. And uh, we'll go and get Jerry on once again. You could almost make the. Uh... That you Darvish uh, argument there in the the World Series, uh, word got out that Darvish was tipping his pitches in the previous game. Who, after a horrible performance, uh, Dodgers had Alex Wood that uh, was ready to go, who had played well in his last performance. Dodgers elected to go with Darvish in spite of that, and once again, uh, results speak for themselves. All right, hey, let's go ahead and bring on uh, Jerry in Ohio. Jerry's probably got some uh, thoughts to share with us. Uh, Jerry, I I hope we haven't stolen your thunder. I think we've done a pretty uh, analytical and thorough job of dismantling the entire uh, strategy of John Stevens tonight that uh, exploded like a box of Acme Dynamite in the coyote's face in a uh, Looney Tunes cartoon. But go ahead. The the floor is yours, my friend. Now, whoever's responsible for those... Four roster changes need to be publicly flogged. That that was just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, and, and well, I mean, I had a free margarita nap and missed the first period, uh, fortunately. But uh, what is with what is with Stevens not pulling quick after that? I mean, is he that afraid of the temper tantrum? No. Why should he? 
he, he, there were the three the three goals that were scored were power play goals. One was a five on three. That was despite Nashville's fans screaming, "It's your fault!" At quick, it was not his fault. I mean, those things were just. Uh, I mean, he was standing on his head making saves, and it was just horrible defense by the Kings. Definitely was yeah, not. But I, I think, to do with I think not every quick. goalie. Not every goalie changes about the goalie. Sometimes you have to do that to shake people up. Yeah, but there was no I mean, shake there, to there do there. There was no shakeup to do there. It was just a, it was just one of those things where it was a shit show of a night. So okay, yeah. so here's what you, here's what you end up risking doing. You just had Jonathan Quick come off of a rest of over a week, serving, uh, skipping a game due to a, a mysterious lower body injury or whatever injury they gave him, serving the suspension, uh, getting geared up to play out to play on this trip. And then you pull him after your team left him in a hole hanging out to dry. What kind of message are you sending to one of the leaders in the locker room by pulling him and embarrassing him like that when it was clearly nothing of his doing? Yeah, to be to be fair though, Augie, I mean, I, I, I understand I understand exactly what you are saying. Trust me, I do. I get it. But I think Jerry makes a good point, man. Sometimes when the team plays like shit, you you make a change. Once again, not because the goalie's playing like shit. You just want to try to change anything to just try to change the mojo a little bit. Because really, when it was when it was down, when the Kings were down three to nothing, did you did you think you know, hey, maybe we can come back and rally? Did like sometimes there's there's a game where once again the the, the things might be the be there. You figure even though the chips are down, there might be the chance they can come back. But really, once they were down three to nothing. I, I was like, oh, shit, this thing's over. You know, barring them making some type of move, this game is over. And once again, they, they didn't make any moves. So I, I agree with what Jerry's saying in that you don't change the goalie. It, it has nothing to do with embarrassing quick. It has everything to do with, A, embarrassing the players. And once again, just trying to put a little mojo and change the change the feel a little bit. Go ahead. Totally I'll let you read you on that. You, oh, no problem. I agree with you on that. However, they already played that card earlier two weeks ago, within the past two weeks, and it is too soon to do that. you got to, uh, you got to take a look at the totality of it. You've already done that to him, and you saw how he reacted. And short of him actually giving up soft goals, I don't think for the long-term health of this team, and I should say the long-term mental health of this team, that you do that to him. And whatever was said in the locker room in between periods where, I mean, calling the defense out, calling and I'm sure saying something to Clifford about his boneheaded move of taking a dumb penalty and just, just turning the, uh, the tide there of what it's like to play in that building and giving Nashville a lead like that is something that I'm sure was laid into behind the closed doors. And in my opinion, if it was, uh, I don't know, let's just say uh, Campbell and goal, and that same situation happened and the three goals, three power play goals were, uh, were, were given up and that were not Campbell's fault, but you want to send a message, you can do that to Jack Campbell, but you just can't do that to a Jonathan Quick, especially when you just did it sometime in the past two weeks. It was too soon to play that. You've already played that card. You don't get to play that card again for a good another month, month and a half. 
Fair enough, fair enough. Go ahead, Jerry, continue, my friend. Tell us more about your three margarita nap. That's what I'm interested in because I, I think we're all envious. We all wish we would have taken advantage of that time. Mm-hmm. And a Xanax. Yeah, it, uh, I should go back for another one. Or two, or three. <laughs> Absolutely. After, after, after watching well, that, I mean, it was just... Uh, that, you know, between between the Dallas game and that game, it was just polar opposites. I mean, it was like two different teams out there. There, there was so much effort against the Stars that just wasn't there tonight. I mean, they couldn't complete passes on the rush. Uh, you know, there's hardly an aspect of the game you can't pick apart and say, well, you know, what the hell was going yeah. on there. Yeah, 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 you're absolutely right. Be, again, we can we can only we can only speculate, but once again, too, for me, I just think in this in the new NHL, there is something to be had for younger, hungry players in your lineup. And like I say, I don't think Amadio or Brodzinski or Ledoux, all three of those guys played very solid. None of those have n- none of those guys for the most part have made in a, you know, have played horribly or, you know, warranted uh, to be scratched. I mean, really, the the line between Mike Amadio and Nick Shore, let's be honest, I mean, that's goddamn razor thin, <laughs> you know? Is there anything right. that you'd look at, at Shore, what he's doing, and think, oh, he's clearly better than Amadio. Now, to be fair, to be fair, and don't say that we're not honest here on LA Kings Road Talk Radio, uh, sure did have uh, was eight uh, eight for eleven in the faceoff circle. So without question, he was dynamite in the faceoff circle. That said, in twelve minutes of play, he uh, managed to muster up no shots uh, in the uh, entire game. And just to give you a little bit of an idea of that, uh, Andreoff actually did was able to get a, a shot off, as was uh, as was Marion Gabrick and. Uh, before I, I even go ahead, we got other callers piling up here, and then we still got Jerry on the line. But you know what I would have liked to see? I would have liked to have him had a, a camera in the father's uh, luxury suite there and been able to catch, uh, at some point, uh, Kopitar's dad, uh, former coach Kopitar, uh, maybe have a little chat with Gabrick's dad and tell him what his son's doing wrong in the offensive zone. I would have loved <laughs> to have seen that. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I, All right, I Jerry. To, I, I'm sitting here wondering what Gabbard did to get back in the lineup. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens for sure. So, hey, J- uh, Jerry, always thank you, thank you for your call, man. And uh, like I say, uh, for your choice to have the three margarita pregame uh, festivity, uh, we, we are already beholden and envious because you, my friend, made the right call. <laughs> Yes, yes, I think I did. All right, guys. Talk to you next time. <laughs> All right, bye. Have, have a See great you, night. Have a great night. Later, Take Jerry. Bye, right. Jerry. Hashtag oh, Jerry for head coach. <laughs> yeah, hashtag three, three, three margarita pregame. <laughs> That's right. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Hey, we're not going to do any three stars, but we will do this just because we've got to Yeah, tonight's Toilet Flush player of the game, low-hanging fruit. John Stevens, what the hell were you thinking, my friend? 
And uh, I guess that's all we have to say about that. All right, calling in from Arizona, we have Larry. Hey, Larry, how you doing, buddy? Hey, gentlemen, how are you guys doing? It's been a while since I've been on the show. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Um, you know, I uh, I wanted to uh, to basically try to to uh, get back into this uh, into the swing of things, but I I, I picked the wrong game. <laughs> um, I don't know what to say about this one. This, you know, um, I, I heard all the great things about the the, ga- the game in uh, in Dallas. I was uh, indisposed for a while there. Um, you know, I wasn't feeling too good, so I was like, "Yeah, I, I'll take a, a sideline on this one." But uh, uh, <laughs> you, you, you know, <laughs> I, I got to tell you, with with the way that this and with the way that this team is just hot and cold, uh, I'm I'm scratching my head, guys. I, I'm I'm not too sure about this. I mean, we know how well they played in in uh, in, in Dallas, and that, that seems to be a, a season breaking. Game, but uh, you know, with with the way that this uh, this team seems to be uh, not really responding at the right times or something, I mean, they should have been up for this game, really. But it's just like, where were they? You know, and I got to tell you that you know, with Amadio being scratched, you know, with the young kids getting scratched, you know, um, <laughs> I'm not really sure what you know what Stevens was thinking there. But I'll tell you, you know, if, if so Dew is is uh, getting the first goal in in uh, Dallas. You know what the hell is he doing on the sideline, really? So I mean, I'm not sure what really is going on with this team. You know, and and Stevens, we don't know. We know how experienced he is. He's been, you know, he's been you know, has has uh, NHL coaching experience. He's been, you know, around a while. You know, he's been uh, assistant coaching for with uh, Sutter. He knows he knows the ropes. He knows the team. This is why you know Blake and uh, Lucky put them together, you know, with the, you know, with the head coach. But something is just not gelling. I don't know what it is. Yeah, no, it's a, like I say. I just think it was a very, very strange decision to make that many changes because uh, because once again, you know, when you have momentum. You know, you play once again. You play that same lineup just because they played so well. Think if if he does that, and this is all hypothetical, albeit. But you play that those same players. You have another good showing. Now all of a sudden the Kings have won. You know, four of their last five. Now they got a little momentum going home against once again Arizona, who's really the league's patsy. So now you have a chance too, where. You have that same lineup. You have a little cohesiveness. You have you feel like everyone feels good. They feel like they're getting to be on a little roll, a little momentum. That's really what uh, that's really what 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 I why I question that because that was really that's really what bums me out the most, Larry. Is that like I think had he not messed with it, and they have a chance to win once again. Now everybody feels we're sitting here having a different conversation, right? We're we're going. Hey, you know, yeah. they've gotten, you know, even if they they lost in overtime, hey, we got a big point tonight against a good team. Now we're coming home to play Arizona. We got Carter coming back. Like now it's nothing but positive talk, but because he decides to to roll the dice and once again play players that haven't really contributed at all, now once again you just leave the mm-hmm. door open to once again already uh, shaking a fragile Kings team and, 
throwing question marks where there shouldn't be, where we should only be looking for positives. And once again, now we're asking questions. Yeah, and I think the reason, I think the biggest thing here is, is I think that Stevens is thinking, outthinking himself, or, or at least you know psychologically uh, trying to uh, put like a. a a different uh, approach on every single game. So you see that him, you know, he's taking out uh, Amadio and Lazoo and, and scratching them, but he's thinking that they're not going to do as well against the, the, uh, the Predators. But you know what? I don't think they've ever seen the Predators. If I'm not, if I'm not you know, I could be wrong, but I don't think they've ever seen the Predators. So, I don't, so how can he tell if they are actually going to be playing well against them if, he, if they've never played against them at all? So I, I could be wrong. I don't know what you know as far as their the uh, as, as far as last year, but if they've never played against them. How is he going to know how they're going to react? That's what my feeling was, and I don't understand some of these things, yeah. what he's really coming across with. But you know, he's not um, he's not reaching back into the stats that they have been playing with, you know, so they're, you know, he wasn't using them right, you know, with, uh, as far as I'm not using them at all in this game. So I'm not really sure what's going on. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a totally valid point. And really too, when we look and, uh, you know, peer into the crystal ball, the rest of the season Kings, you know, 51 games in the season now. So we got uh 30, 31 games left. Uh, you know, this season you got Nick Shore with uh, three goals and nine assists, so 12 points on the season. Realistically, what can you expect for him? You know, do you think he's going to light the world on fire in the final 30 games, given really his entire NHL career? You have really what is, in essence, kind of a an undersized, scrawny third, fourth-line center that could be counted on maybe to play – somewhat good defensive hockey, but you're never going to yeah. compare him with Trevor Lewis, you know, even, yeah, even Gabrick, once yeah. again, we could, we hey, hang on one moment, Larry, cause I'm ranting, sure. but uh, the, uh, yeah, you know, we could, we can lament the signing of Gabrick till the cows come home as well. <laughs> Horrible signing and a huge reason why, why, you know, Lombardi got fired. But once again, he's got mm-hmm. 14 points in 27 games and once again, while he was at one time one of the league's most dynamic players, can you realistically expect – well, hey, hey, there's two things that go on here. Can, are you really going to expect that you're going to start getting a lot out of Gabaruk? But B, what do you realistically think you're going to get from him playing with Nick Shore and Andy Andrioff? You know? What, oh, God, what yeah. fucking difference does it make if he's, you're playing him with those schmucks? Why is he getting mm-hmm. that time, dude? I mean – Brodzinski, Brodzinski gets more out of this shitty effort tonight playing on a fourth line and getting their ass kicked just to get NHL experience than Gabrick, who's seen it and is another day at the park and is probably drinking a glass of expensive scotch as we speak. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely getting heated now. Thanks a lot, Larry. You got me all fired up. But let's, let's go ahead and go down. I'm always here for it, bro. Anytime I can get uh, get your blood pumping, I'm always here. You know. <laughs> there you but go. Seriously, let's, you know. Let's I mean, just roll down the line because I I've just I've just unloaded on everybody. Augie, <laughs> uh, uh, of, of course, my uh, idiosyncratic uh, rants, notwithstanding, <laughs> am I not eighty percent accurate in my assessment? 
Yeah, I'd say you're about 80% accurate. And I think you got to fly out to Ohio and have at least three margaritas with a Jerry because, boy, you are fired up over there, Hip. Just in fuego. My pleasure. My but, pleasure. <laughs> you're just, you're, you're, you're pretty pumped up there, kid. But, uh, yeah, I mean, shoot, there's really, shoot, I don't even, I don't even know what to say, guys. I mean, just, Realistically, you just kind of flush this one down the toilet and move on. Uh, it was a it was a bad effort, bad way to end the uh, the road trip. And for these guys, they're going to have to come back here and face the Coyotes, who for some reason always play the Kings as if they're good. And we always have a tough time against this team. I don't know why. It's just the way it is. But uh, yeah, so lot of it, it, it's going to be, uh, by the way, it's uh, L.A. Dodgers tribute night at uh, Staples Center <laughs> when the Kings face the Coyotes this weekend. And uh, on a little side note, guess who is playing over at Citizens Bank Arena in Ontario, California on Saturday afternoon? Jordan Nolan. That's right. Jordan Nolan. Oh, my God. Michael Mersh and... Augie Loya will be out there for Face Off with Cancer's uh, charity game. Our puck drop is at 1 o'clock, and then right after that, I'm going to take off my smelly hockey gear, uh, race downtown, uh, go (laughs) take a shower at a friend's place, and then go to Staples Center. Right on. Nice. Nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. sounds like a sounds like a hell of a good afternoon, and we'll talk more about that just a little bit. But hey, Larry, uh, before uh, we we let you go, great to have you back on the show again. And any uh, any uh, parting words before uh, we say good night? Uh, just to, you know, uh, uh, recapping back on Nick Shore, I have never really had a, a, a solid place in my heart for that guy. He's only a one-dimensional player. You know, he's, he's a good face-off guy, but you've got to have a multi-dimensional game when you play in the NHL, and I don't know why they hate they keep yeah. him in the league. I don't know what it is about him. You know, it's like it's with, uh, you know, with Jeff, with J.D., with, uh, with Jordan Nolan. Jordan, why are you in the NHL? I, don't, I can't figure it out, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, you guys have a great to be on the show, and uh, thanks for having me. And, and go Kings, go. Go keep right. go, Larry. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You got. Hey, Jeff. I'll tell you what. Larry brings up a good, a good play. Can you give us that classic line? But instead of saying Jordan Nolan, go ahead and replace it with Nick Shore. Why Nick Shore? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I have the heart. Hip check. While you guys were talking there, I was making my own margaritas and just sipping them here and just questioning my <laughs> life decisions and feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> you know? So I, I don't know if I have the heart right now because right now I have a dartboard um, and I got of John Stevens's face and I have all these like um, strings all over the room here trying to figure out this conspiracy puzzle here. If it really goes up all the way to the organization, like right now, uh, I'm really questioning Philip and shoots so uh, I probably can't do it right now but if we have another loss like we did today ask me earlier in the show and I'll, I'll give it to you <laughs> dude it's funny you mentioned that because back uh, back in the, the mid 90s uh, hip was on a bit of a losing streak in life to put it lightly things just not going well and uh, watching watching the Kings was like really like one of my only was like really one of my only joys in life. And I'm sure there's tons of other people that are in my, you know, we're probably in that situation now, but 
back then, you know, didn't really have uh, really that many as far as career, as far as job, as far as uh, relationships, and really just a very, very low point of my life. And uh, just to give you an idea, this was right around the mid-90s. So think for, for that three years of my life when I was at my loneliest low of the low, the Kings managed to, you know, finish in, you know, fourth place, sixth place, sixth place, losing the playoffs. <laughs> like it was a it was a four-year run from like 94 to 97 where they were just god-awful. And, you know, it was kind of one of those things where you're kicking – you're kicking the dog and lamenting how bad your life sucks. And then the only thing that you have to hang your hat on was a shitty hockey team. And remember that, you know, in those days we could only dream of them actually winning a Stanley cup. Like, you know, mm-hmm. now, now if you're depressed, now if you're depressed, you can just throw on that 2012 championship DVD and kind of, you know, get a little temporary happiness or the 2014 uh, championship DVD. You know, you can go on YouTube and, uh, you know, watch the best of Justin Williams' 2014 run. But in those days, uh, it was uh, but, uh, but merely a beautiful dream. And uh, I, will, I will never forget uh, that uh, dark, dark period of my life where, Everything was so bad that even my favorite hockey team was uh, just really the doormat of the league. So there we go. Mm. <laughs> there Hashtag go, dark ages. <laughs> oh, man, I love you guys. You're making cracking me up tonight. So <laughs> Hey, uh, let's go ahead and go through, <laughs> go through the NHL scoreboard here. Uh, Kings getting a little bit of help in some places, not in too many others. But uh, Canucks right now, 3-1 to one over the Blackhawks. Uh, Blackhawks right now, only 55 points in the standing. Cellar dwellers in the central. Uh, once again, I think there's a, a safe analogy, be, analogy to be made uh, between what's going on with the Blackhawks and the Kings, right? Both uh, top-tier Western Conference teams, both had to pay uh, high prices to keep uh, key components at the cost of really keeping their depth intact. I think uh, when you look at uh, the analogy of the Hawks and the Kings, uh, I I think it's a completely fair comparison. Uh, Look at what the Hawks have paid for Taze and and Kane and came at the expense of other players. So uh, really interesting to see what's going to happen there. Uh, Bruins over the Blues, 3-1. to uh, Panthers over the Sabres, 4-2. to two. Jordan Nolan held off the scoreboard again. Uh, Devils, 4, fly 3. Uh, Hurricanes, 2. Canadians, nothing in the Who Gives a Shit Bowl. Uh, Rangers, 4. Uh, I'm sorry, Maple Leafs, 4. Rangers, Zilcho. Rangers starting to really, really hit the skids while uh, Leafs have strung together a couple wins in a row, and I'm sure they're not going to be talking anything about that at all in the uh, Canadian media up there, right, Jeff? Not at all. Not at all. Not a word. Every channel on television, on every page of the newspaper. They're flying under the radar there in the greater Toronto area. Uh, Senators do help the Kings out marginally with a 2-1 to victory in overtime. Uh, sucks that the Ducks got a point, but good that they didn't get two. We'll cover, uh, go into the scoreboard and uh, hear just a minute as far as standings go. Uh, Golden Knights stay red hot. Uh, three to two over the Jets in overtime. 72 points, 34 wins. 
and uh, from the Huda Thunkett file. And uh, boy, just what there's probably been no story in decades like the like the uh, Golden Knights there. Uh, Lightning, here you go. Here's a good one for the Kings. Lightning seven, Flames four. Just a little note for you fellas. Uh, Flames now. uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. But they actually gave up uh, four goals, count them, one, two, three, four goals in the third period tonight to lose 7-4 to four to Tampa. Uh, they previous play, previously played the Golden Knights, where they, I believe they'd given up three goals in the third period, once again, to lose the lead. And, uh, of course, their previous game before that had played the Kings, where they'd given up a goal in the third and a goal in overtime to lose that game. So they have lost three straight and which games which they've actually led going into the third period. And uh, once again, nothing is going to wreck a team's confidence like the inability to hold a third period lead. And once again, that bodes well uh, for the Kings in the sense that uh, Flames right there nipping at the heels. Uh, Avalanche getting over the Oilers 4-3. to three. Oilers just a complete mess. Uh, maybe a as much as the Golden Knights are a surprise, Oilers, huge disappointment. I had, uh, based on last year's performance, I had really thought that they were going to challenge uh, for the Pacific. But, hey, boys, let's go ahead and talk about this right now, too. With the Oilers' play of this season, really a disappointing record. I think we could all probably agree that they, they're probably the biggest underachievers this year. Are we on board with that in a safe summation? Yep. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So, I had I had the Oilers ahead, winning Jeff. the Pacific. Sorry, Hip. I had the Oilers winning the Pacific this year based on their play last year. Didn't know how far they would go in the playoffs. So when I like, be, you know, they took out San Jose last year, went into the second round. I'm like, maybe they could even get into the conference final this year. Hopefully, LA can put a stop to them if if they go head to head in the playoffs or anything like that. But yeah, definitely the biggest underachievers. And I'm just wondering because I was thinking about. I mean, it's two different circumstances, but two seasons ago, Arizona had a playoff spot uh, for pretty much three quarters of the season and then completely collapsed and didn't make the playoffs, and they have not been the same ever since. And they're having a horrendous season. But, you know, we're seeing the true Coyotes now. It's a team that's rebuilding, and, you know, Doan's gone, Smith is gone, Dave, uh, Dave Tippett's gone, and they're bringing all these young guys in, and they're really trying to uh, course correct it with a rebuild. But with Edmonton, it's like, were they really that good last year, or was that just, was it a fluke? Is it the real Edmonton Oilers this year? And I'm really interested to hear what you guys have to say about that, because now I'm really questioning whether they were the real deal or not last year. It just could have been a one-year thing. What do you guys think? You know, it's, it's, I think it's they, a great uh, question. And go ahead, Augie. Oh yeah, no, it's it's a it's a fantastic question. And uh, I think that last year they just happened to sneak up on uh, on some teams, and uh, they had a uh, they had an unexpected. Uh, well, I don't know if it's so much unexpected, but they had a a, a really good injection of enthusiasm. New arena. You got Milan Lucic coming to town, so you had an element of toughness. You had the speed they were flying around in, and Patrick Maroon was uh, uh, had his, played his best season of hockey that he's had in a long time. So they had speed and toughness. And then uh, where this team changed for me, what I saw, they haven't recovered since that collapse against Anaheim. They just have not mentally recovered. And they've got the C on a, 20, a 19 or 20-year-old kid. He's a kid. Yeah, he's, he's the best. He's, he's a generational player, but he's still – a kid 
And this is a time when they're going through these ups and downs and adjustments and you're looking to leadership and your leader de facto, because they, they did this decision based on skill, can't even go buy a beer in California. Yep. yep. So I think that has I could not that, agree that with a, you more. Yeah. I, I think that has yep. a little something to do with it. You groom guys to to fit into those positions of leadership and a guy like Nugent Hopkins or or Taylor Hall when he was still there are more deserving of the seat because they've been there in the locker room during the tough, toughest of times. And, and those are the guys that know how to steer through and that's who's going to look for it. I'm not going to, uh, if I'm in a working environment, I'm not going to go to a 19 or 20 year old kid who's really never faced adversity because he's been the best player in every league that he's been in. Well, what adversity has Connor McDavid faced on the professional level or even the amateur level when it comes to hockey? Not much because he's always yep. been the best. Yep. Couldn't agree with you. Couldn't agree with you more, Augie. And here's the other food for thought is think about this. Edmonton has all these great young players that eventually are going to be coming up now for uh, re-signing contracts, right? I mean, a lot of them are in their oh, three-year yeah. entry deal and, and, and whatnot, but I had said this once the Oilers signed Lucic, was put put this on. Think about this, guys. So when the Oilers signed Lucic, he's got a six million dollar cap hit, six million, and he is signed through 2023. I mean, you know, think of that. Like you you love the you love the young players on the Oilers, right? I mean, you kind of think, well, they've got a bright future when you look at. Uh, uh, Drysidle and uh, you know Cleftbaum, uh, and you look at the great young players that they have coming through through the system, and then once again uh, you, it's it, this is once again it kind of it's very similar to Lombardi and the the situation he's put the Kings in with now not being able to resign uh, Dowdy because you've signed Lucic to this whopping deal. Once again. When uh, you know when when these guys are coming up to for for to be re-signed, they're looking at. Uh, I I said this when they when they sign Lucic to that big deal, they're looking at a catastrophe, because once again he is taking up a huge amount of cast space. How are you going to sign a Darnell Nurse? How are you going to sign uh, a Clefbaum, a Dracidal? You know these young high draft picks that are that are most likely going to get better but what yeah it's 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 a great question Augie, and i couldn't agree with you more on the captainship as well uh hey rounding the uh nhl scoreboard up stars back on back on top beating the coyotes four to one and there we go so stars after uh rebounding after a, a horrible game uh come back and take their woes out on the coyotes i'll tell you if the kings lose to arizona now, at that point, if they if they manage to lose to Arizona, I I am dubious that they are going to make the playoffs. Really, just just to be honest, I don't think. Do you think that's unrealistic and unfair, guys? If the Kings lose again to Arizona, that that I, I I'll be honest, you lose to a team that's the worst in the league. Uh, how can you how could you be confident they'd make even the playoffs? Go ahead, uh, go ahead, Jeff. Um, no, go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead, Augie. Go ahead. You sure? No, no, go ahead. Um, then yeah, I'll, I'll if, if they lose to the Coyotes, and yes, you know, like one of, if not the worst team in the NHL here, definitely worse in the West, um, I, I'm still optimistic that the Kings will make the playoffs. But the big thing that I am wondering is what is GM Rob Blake going to do? 
because we're getting closer and closer to the trade deadline. And if the Kings do lose to an Arizona and say, worst case scenario, they also lose to Edmonton in the other home game before coming back up here to the East for the, for their last major long uh, Eastern road trip to where all the games are going to be really congested for the rest of the month. You got quite a few back to backs coming up. I wonder what, as a, as a rookie GM, as a VGM, Rob Blake, I wonder what he's going to do. And is he going to make a move, uh, whether out of desperation, whether whatever, and try to get something to stop the bleeding, if that is the case, if they keep on losing, because then the Kings will be well out of a playoff spot, right? The Kings definitely have to pick up some wins and grab some points here because we're getting down to the wire. So that's what I'm really curious about. If they lose to Arizona, I think we're still good. But if we continue to lose and lose another one to Edmonton and then come over here to the East uh, for the big road trip where they're playing like almost every other day, then uh, what's Rob Blake going to do? Does he stay put, wait for Carter to come back, and that's the only move? Or does he make a move and see what's out there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Augie? Well, let's do a little bit of math here. How many points do the – first of all, how many points do the Kings currently have and how many games are left? So while you're researching that – Kings. Yeah, I don't even need to. 59 points. Okay. 59 points with 31 games left. Okay. 59 points, 31 games left. I approximate it's going to take a minimum of 97 points to get in. Okay, so that means that they got to scramble up 28 points. And how many games do they have left? 31. Uh, 30, 31. 31. So if you go 14-17, that's, that's your 28 points right there. That's going to be good enough for 97 to get into the playoffs. Now, that also, of course, any combination of that, ties and everything like that. Bottom line is they have to win a minimum of 14 games to get in, which is under 500 hockey. And this team is very capable of playing under 500 hockey. Just remember that. <laughs> so we got that going for us. Okay? This is not going the way that. I thought, Augie. <laughs> yeah, I know. We got that going for us. All right. Hold on. I'm going to get, so it. I'm gonna gonna get be... another margarita. <laughs> they got to be – just bad enough to be good, okay? Or just good enough to be bad <laughs> to, uh, to get in there, all right? Now, I also believe this because of the fact that we actually have an extra team here in the Western Conference as opposed to last year, and that team being Vegas, and they're actually at the top of it, they actually end up st- they actually end up taking a playoff spot that wasn't there last year. If Vegas was a dumpster fire, then it doesn't matter. So realistically, I think we have to flip that 14 and 17 record to 17 and 14. I think you're going to need over 100 points to get in to the Western Conference uh, playoffs this year because of the fact that the team that was supposed to stink is not stinking, and they're actually at the top of the Western Conference right now. So when you yeah. when you flip that like that, the Kings I believe are gonna might have to actually break a hundred points to get in to the playoffs this year. So uh, from what was told by uh, and I will cite the sources, Millberry, because uh, I was watching the NBCSN broadcast uh, before the game, he seems to believe that Jeff Carter is anywhere from two to three weeks away from NHL action and rejoining the Los Angeles Kings. As far as what Blake can do. His hands are tied by all the moves that, that uh, Lombardi did in the previous years. He doesn't have that much flexibility. There's not much, there's not much he can do uh, except, 
see if somebody just wants to dump somebody, but they're not going to trade draft picks. They're tired of giving away young talent because here's the other thing too. With Drew Doughty coming up to be signed in the next, uh, after, this, after next season, you have to have uh, – Doughty has to see something here as a reason to stay besides the beautiful beaches and the fact that he has his privacy. I'm sure he wants to stay in L.A., but if, if he has to sacrifice a shot, at the, a shot at consistently competing for the Stanley Cup, it's going to cost more money for the Kings to keep him. Whereas if he sees, all right, the cupboard's not bare – I got plenty of people around me that's going to give us a realistic shot and winning the cup. I can sacrifice a little bit in order to keep this team flexible. And that's going to be the difference between the Kings and the Blackhawks. The Blackhawks mortgaged everything with those, with those multi-year, multi-million dollar contracts to Kane and Taves and Keith and Crawford and everybody else that they signed under the sun. So they've backed themselves into a corner that they're really, they have no flexibility where the Kings are going to start to get a little more flexibility because the salary cap is also going up, folks. Don't forget that. However, that gets eaten up by the, by the buyouts that still have to be paid to uh, uh, Matt Green and Mike Richards until the hip check is now known as broken hip and using a walker because that's how long the Kings are paying him out. <laughs> I'll gotcha, be drinking gotcha. margaritas by that time with our eighth overlords by then. That's so far in the future. I'll just be hanging out with mm-hmm. the Planet of the Apes with our margaritas. That's right. Yeah, great, great analysis right there, uh, right there. And uh, we did have some quotes with uh, from John Stevens. And once again, we should uh, we haven't talked. Uh, Alec Martinez injured. Uh, in the second period, lower body injury did not return. No updates. Let's hope uh, that is nothing serious. And you can go look at L.A. Kings insider John Rosen for some John uh, Stevens quotes. Uh, the unfortunate news is once again is uh, John, and once again we love we love John Rosen. We'll get him back on the show here sometime soon. But I think it would not have been an unfair question. Uh, to ask him a little bit about uh, the decision to uh, for some of the roster moves that uh, that he made. So, uh, good stuff, good stuff there. All right, guys. Hey, we have now officially made our one-hour contractual obligation, and so uh, I think we covered almost everything. And once again, King's going on really a seven-game road trip here this month. So. Uh, you thought we were annoying now. Just uh, wait till we have seven consecutive road games here uh, coming up here. But we will be here each and every road game as we have all season long. Uh, thanks to everybody that uh, that called in. And uh, hey, Augie, man, you and you enjoy your weekend. Uh, awesome, awesome soft skating uh, out there in Ontario. So, are you not even staying for the game? Then you're just there for the skate, and then you're skedaddling. Yeah, just there for the skate, and then I got to be at Staples Center, man. Got to keep up the uh, the consecutive games home streak, which is at uh, over four <laughs> years and counting of not missing an LA Kings home game. Nice, mm-hmm. very, very Beautiful. impressive. Yeah. yeah, thank you, sir. All right, we all live life you. vicariously through Augie. <laughs> I know I do. So there you go. There's, that's right. Hey, yeah, Jeff, what another, you, another what hashtag. Southern California. Jeff, when are you coming out here, man? Whenever I get some free time where I can actually fly down and stay a while. But I'm working on it, Augie. It is a work in progress, but the wheels are moving. Okay. There's something Just happening. make sure it's this season. Make sure it's this season. 
this season uh, before I the see. playoffs. Yeah. Okay. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> see what you can do. You definitely. We will definitely. We will definitely make a, an event of it. So, okay, Augie. Hey, dude. You have a great weekend, man. Good luck out there in you Ontario, too. and uh, bring the boys Thank luck you. on Saturday. All right. All right, man. See you guys later. A pleasure as always. See you, Augie. There we go. L.A. King Superfan, Augie Loya. Uh, Jeff, what are your plans for the weekend, my good man? Besides uh, laying down in the fetal position and crying myself to sleep after this game hit? <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to be working and, of course, watching our Kings uh, play against Arizona on Saturday. Uh, what are you doing this weekend, Hip? Oh man, I got a I got a busy weekend. Uh my oldest boy's birthday was today, so we're going out for his dinner tomorrow. Uh nice. on Happy Saturday, birthday. he's actually got yeah. Yeah, he's got a 15 now. Hip Junior is. Can you believe that? He's got his uh, eyes set on the uh, Hip Mobile already, which uh I will probably <laughs> bequeath to him. Uh anyhow, and then uh Saturday, uh, he's actually got a whole day of lacrosse tournament, and unfortunately that night, uh, my band, the Hired Gun Trio, if you haven't checked them out, go to Facebook, uh, just type in Hired Gun Trio, it'll be on there, we're also on Twitter and Instagram, but we got hired uh, to play a private party, so uh, our band moving up in the world where people actually pay us money uh, to go play private events, so it's uh, actually a a lot of fun, and uh, I, I will tell you the truth, it really is fun, uh, Jeff, and that uh, the one thing that's really cool about being in a band is where, where, once again, in this case, you go to a private party where they pay you money, you basically get to go there, drink their alcohol, eat all of their food, and do something that you would do for free, and instead they actually stuff money into your wallet as you walk out the door. It's a quite a, nice. <laughs> it's quite a strange and glorious feeling. Uh, when you do a uh, a private party, and uh, then on Sunday we are doing our traditional Super Day uh, Super Bowl party at uh, Mom Check and Dad Check's home there in Huntington Beach with a bevy of L.A. Kings uh, celebs and uh, notable figures. And uh, while we're talking about it, Jeff, I mean, do you uh, you going to watch the Super Bowl? Do you not really care about that? I know. Uh, I know there's the Canadian Football League, but do most Canadians do they, you know, do they follow more of the CFL or the NFL, and do they really, uh, you know, watch the watch the Super Bowl like we do here in the states? We do. The NFL is king up here, despite having the CFL. I mean, the Toronto Argonauts just okay. won the Grey Cup back in November, which is, you know, kind of sort of big deal. But everyone, at least up here in the eastern side of Canada. Uh, we're all about the NFL. I mean, we're an hour, hour and a half away from the Buffalo Bills, which really is not something to be really proud of. And, uh, you know, four hours away from the Detroit Lions. But a lot of us make the trips down there so we can catch our NFL games. Um, but, yeah, I'm actually not watching the Super Bowl, Super Bowl this year because I refuse to watch any more New England Patriot games. So I have made that decision. <laughs> so I don't have to watch Tom Brady, who looks like Matt Damon, play Tom Brady and become another MVP or, or, you know, take the air out of the footballs or, or make a huge comeback in the second half. I still feel bad for Atlanta. So uh, I'm actually, dis- I decided not to watch this year, but I know everyone else is going to be watching because it is a Super Bowl and it's a major, major event, even up here. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, Patriots four and a half point favorites. Uh, you know, we don't really talk a lot of gambling too much here, much less football gambling, but, 
you know, who do you, what do you think, Jeff? If you were a betting man, who do you like? You like the Patriots in, in spite of your distaste? Uh, do you think the Eagles, uh, with a, a backup quarterback, going to be good enough to uh, to unseat really what is one of the legendary football dynasties? All right, without being, uh, uh, you know, without using my prejudice against the New England Patriots here, I would love to see the Eagles win. Because when does Philadelphia win anything in sports, <laughs> right? I mean, the Phillies won the World Series. Yeah. I think that was way back when, 2008. The Flyers haven't won since 1975. And uh, have the 76ers ever won? I have no idea. So it would be great. And then beating New England would be even greater. But, ah, man, how do you bet against the Patriots? They just find ways to win, whether legit or by cheating. Yeah. <laughs> they, they find ways to win, and they are – a dynasty without a doubt, because I think Tom Brady's not human. He's a cyborg. He should have been old by now and not be able to throw the ball yet. Here they are again in the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, I won't be watching the game, but I'm rooting for the Eagles. But I don't know, man. I think the Pats take it again. Yeah, you know what, Jeff? I'll I'll be honest. I'm I'm right there with you. I think, uh, you know, what you can, you know, people love to talk about the the Patriots cheating and all that stuff. But really, at the end of the day, I think – Belichick is probably the greatest NHL NFL coach I could say actually in NFL NFL history. I don't uh, people that don't even like the Patriots admit that he is one of the best coaches of all time. And I just kind of look at the fact that uh, you know he's now he has an extra week to prepare a game plan. And the one thing yep. that is always not lost on me regarding Belichick is that. Uh, Dude, at least two or three times a game, he'll throw in some batshit crazy. They just, you know, some some play that just no one is expecting at all. You know, really, like he'll throw in just a play that hasn't been played in years, ran in years, something the Patriots have never done, and he's typically pretty successful when he does it. So, I'm kind of with you. I, I it, it's very hard to think that the Eagles are going to win this game. I hope it's close. I hope it's an entertaining game because I don't really have a dog in the fight, but I'm kind of with yep. you. You kind of got to feel that uh, this one uh, definitely leaning in the Patriots' favor, and I think a four-and-a-half uh, point spread, probably pretty accurate uh, where where that is and probably where it is for a reason. So all good stuff no uh, right there. So. So, all right. Hey, Jeff, I'll tell you what, buddy. We always love having you on. And once again, we're going to be doing a bevy of games uh, as the Kings embark on a seven-game road trip. And uh, given my schedule, I'm sure you're going to be anchoring the helm for a lot of those when I'm going to be unavailable. So uh, uh, keep drinking that hot tea and maybe stay away from the uh, the three margarita nap on a uh, radio show night, all right? Oh, too late for that. But, yeah, Hip, I can't wait to uh, <laughs> do more shows with you and Augie. And if I have to host, you know I'm available. I should be available for all the games except maybe, maybe the one in Buffalo on the 17th because I might be there live for the game. But I'll let you know way ahead of time. But as far as I know, I'm available for all the others for sure. Perfect. Love it. Well, always enjoy having you on the show. You have a great night. And, uh For L.A. Kings Road Talk Radio, this is Scott Cahill, a.k.a. The Hip Check, and it is a Thursday night, and we haven't had the honor playing this in a while, so uh, in true L.A. Kings Road Talk Radio fashion, we'll end it off with a little bit of Sammy Hagar Weekend. Good night, everybody.
drink some beer, smoke some pot, smoke some coke and then drive, drive Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.